double agents and tricky tailors. Steam press your midnight blue lapels. Travel by pipe behind enemy lines. And why do all podcasters taste like duck? Before I kill you, Mr. Bond, I'm going to talk tall to you. <laughs> I've never seen a Bond film, so I'm assuming that's that's good. That was that was excellent. Okay, good. Welcome back. I am Double O Omen Thomas Sade. And I am... I'm just Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Moans. And this is Talk Toll to Me. A high-speed car chase through the sultry city of Progrock in which No Time to Die Nick and Octopussy Omen will speed on two wheels around every tight corner on which Always on a Secret Mission rock band Jethro Tull has ever set up deep cover. We will make love in zero gravity with Martin Moonraker Bar. Avoid the deadly arpeggios of the man with the golden bass, David Peggy Peg. And discover that Don Perry's diamonds really are forever. And if we lose control of the Aqualung Aston Martin, misfire the Whistler's Walter PPK, we may finally end up getting caught by You Only Flute Twice from Russia with Flute, the living flute lights on Her Majesty's secret flute, the flute who loved me, Ian, a view to a flute, Anderson. That is the problem when you have more than, than 20 minutes to write your triptych. That's, That's what happens. You've never seen a Bond film? Never ever seen a Bond film. Not even the Timothy Dalton ones? Are those Bond films? They are. Then I haven't seen them. You know Timothy Dalton, though, don't you? <laughs> I know of him, sure. I'd let him embed his secret agent in my Quantum of Solace. It's a film, it's the name of a film, Quantum of Solace. Yeah, I know. It's Quantum Solace, it's not of. It is Quantum of Solace. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's a Daniel Craig one, right? Yeah. Google, tell me what it is. Oh, it is of. Oh, I told you, I've never seen one. (laughs) Nick, welcome back. We are in the interstitial material between two... Jethro Tull albums and that's right and because of that we have the sillies uh yeah definitely the sillies I mean I mean today was the day that the navigators dropped as well so super exciting oh my gosh so cool so cool great song great great response from folks on YouTube thank you so much for for chiming in love the comments everybody is very positive about it for pretty much the same reasons we are yeah because it's awesome because it's awesome, and those are the reasons to be positive. So, But today, we are talking about a song that was released on... It was the 20 Years Best Of. 20 Years Best Of Jethro Tull. It had not previously been released, but it was released between Crest of an Ave and Rock Island. Right. 87, 88, 89. This came off of the Flawed Gems disc or vinyl or whichever cassette and the name of the song in question is motorize but it's not like motorize like you motorize something it's motor eyes but as one word motor eyes thank you for that (laughs) and this is also the first time that i've ever actually listened to the song i have looked at the lyrics but i've never in my life heard it in my ears yeah i've listened to it like twice kind of without paying too much attention to it. So this is pretty much a a fresh and clean song here. 
I thought that it was not available for listening anywhere on the internet, and then I realized that motor is spelled with two O's. Was it M-O-T-E-R, Omen? I tried lots of vowels, Nick. Then you landed on that O, and, and it worked. It worked. Great. So, let us, now that you have it, why don't we take a listen to Motorize? Let's do... Whoa, Nick. How fun. There she goes. That that was that was I I guess that was a Jethro Tull song. <laughs> that was Motorized by Candy Colored Rain. <laughs> Ian Henderson's Bag O' Nails. Oh, I, I, with their latest single. <laughs> this is so interesting. It's it does feel a little bit to me like a song from the multiverse, like a Jethro Tull song from a different reality. Just an adjacent universe. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's so funny. <laughs> well, but and why does it feel like that? Like, how can you, what do you identify that, that gives it that feeling? It's so poppy. Okay, yeah, it is poppy. It's, and it's way poppier than, what was the album that we said was poppy? Uh, Under Wraps? A? A, Under Wraps. Yeah, way poppier than that. Because that was like, like synth pop. You know, like a very specific yes. type of, of pop. This this seems like more radio mainstream. It makes me want to call the song Poppy. <laughs> I I Poppy. <laughs> it's funny, like breaking it down, there's a lot of different elements. At first I was like, what, reading the lyrics, I was like, wow, this seems like it could really fit on under wraps. Mm. And hearing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hearing it, it's not completely wrong for under wraps but it's a little wrong for under wraps but it's it's pretty wrong yeah it doesn't have the pjv touch nope 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 the synth is is fairly simple it's good it's nice and fun but it's fairly simple you know and it certainly doesn't have the flavor of special guest eddie jobson correct on the synth nor on the violin the violin yep 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 it does have some synth oh it does it does absolutely Synth is the last of the, the instruments to come in. Yes. Everything is so well blended on this one, but this at the, let's see, one, two, kind of in the, um, in the bridge where he's, he's saying, showing just a touch of thigh. And then he says, sigh. The synth comes in wah, with this wah, really wah, funny, wah, like wah. little toot, 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 yeah. toot. <laughs> showing just a touch of thigh. Yeah, yeah, like an anthropomorphic pot of noodles walking into the scene. Precisely. Yeah, yeah, maybe like maybe a pot of noodle, like the little foam container. Yeah. <laughs> it's great, though. I I love it. Yeah. The mandolin right at the beginning caught Oof. me off guard. Yeah. And continued to catch me off guard. It does not belong in this song. But it works so well. Yes. But it's, it's, you're not supposed to be here, mandolin. I love you, but <laughs> maybe, maybe go visit heavy horses. Yeah. Yeah. There, there does feel, that's one of the things that makes me feel like I don't, like, I love this song. Like, if this song was a, like an, an object d'art, I'd be like, oh my God, I love this. This is so exciting. I love looking at this. I don't know where to put it in my house. <laughs> yeah. It's, 
it's trying, like, is that, did, was that put in there to be like, you can't put this on the radio because no one likes mandolin. So like, it's so poppy. It would be so perfect as a single, except for that mandolin. You know, was that just a little, a little dig? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Other musical elements, Ian is singing his face off. He's singing mm-hmm. right out the top of his skull. It's really high. That, for me, puts it a little bit more in that under wraps territory because it does seem sure. like that period where he was really maxing out his range. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a live drummer. Yeah. Which takes it out of under wraps and A. Mm-hmm. The drums and bass are both very, very noticeable, audible. You can you can hear them. You can feel them. They're great. This whole mix, everybody stands out right when they need to. Yes. It's great. The guitar... My goodness, Martin, the guitar, he kicks in right after like a couple of strums on the mando, and it feels like it's going to be crazy heavy before the synth and everything comes in and and makes it a little bit more poppy, a lot more poppy, actually. But that guitar stays pretty solid heavy the whole way through. Every instrument in this song hits really hard. It's not Mm -hmm. a subtle song it is it like you are saying it is well composed it's well organized but everyone is going it feels like going full out and that is so fun to listen to yeah i never knew i needed or wanted this from jethro tull but boy do i enjoy it well and that's kind of the beauty of being a fan of this band as you listen to all the albums you get a taste of everything yeah yeah, really. They I've hearing the tracks off of this new album, off of Rockeflute, and seeing where where the sound is going with Zealot Gene is kind of like a springboard. Knowing the trajectory that we're taking. Exactly. Yeah. It's so exciting and it, it really puts into perspective the idea, especially because we're we're just finishing up Crest too, which was such a pivotal moment for him voice-wise, that this is another one of those moments. And boy, is he taking it and running. He's karate, is it, what is it, jujitsu, where you take your en- the, the opponent's energy and use it against them? Yes. That's what he's doing. Yeah. You know what I'm really thankful for is that Jethro Tull never went through a, a gospel phase. Like Bob Dylan and Elvis. Well, I mean, could you consider Zealot Gene gospel? No. (laughs) No, I can't and I won't. Based on content alone? It is about the gospel. Okay. But that does not mean that it is gospel. Okay, fair enough. I mean, to me, Tull is gospel, but it's it's not what you're saying. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) What else do we have to say musically about this song? Oh, let's see. Uh, we talked flute. Oh, flute. Flute's in there, too. Very fun. Very quick. Very, very... Yeah. It adds to the pop flavor. It does. It, it does. Yeah. I would say between that and the synth, those higher registers keep it very light. And the speed. It's very well balanced, and it has that heavy driving quality from the bass and from the drums. Mm-hmm. And then the the flute and the mandolin are really hitting the top mm-hmm. portion and kind of frothing the waves up at the top. And then the the guitar and Ian's voice are just driving through like a big steamboat. Yeah. Oh, his his voice is so good in Ooh, this. Oh, look, there's a whale. So. Oh, no, it's the synth. 
That's not what whales yeah, sound like. It's the worst. <laughs> you said whale. steamboat. Yes, I did. <laughs> this bridges lyrics and music, so I'm going to drop it right here. The ending to this song is a fade out, which is I, I think relatively rare, but also him just singing, the just repeating the key word. Just over and over as it fades out, yeah. motorize, motorize, and it just keeps going. Like, this, I can't think of another instance of that. There are some fade outs that we've had. The fade outs, yes, definitely. But yes, yeah, singing the title song, it is, it, and like you are observing, it does keep putting it into that pop world yeah it's in 4-4 although there's some funky rhythm mix stuff going on you know it's in 4-4 mm. but the drums and the bass are kind of playing back and forth with different rhythms so it doesn't always feel like it's in 4-4 which is really fun it's sort of like yeah it's prog pop yeah i was just gonna say this is what pop ought to be this is good good pop it's pog it's pog Oh, did you ever collect pogs? No, you probably did not collect pogs, knowing your childhood. I am ashamed to admit that that was the very first fad that I fell victim to. <laughs> that I shunned. <laughs> no, I, I went down to the store. I, I, I said to my, my dad, who I've never seen look so disgusted in his life, that <laughs> I needed to go buy these little circles of plastic and cardboard. Good cardboard, yeah. Boy, what a what a dumb thing. What a dumb, dumb thing. So dumb it was genius. Oh my god, yeah. I mean it's 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 as as genius, maybe not as malicious as social media, but it's like it it feeds that like, oh, oh they're doing this? I need it to. It was do like this. the first meme. Not the first, but it was it was kind of the it was one of the it was a fad. Yeah. It was it was a serious fad, yeah. Goodness me. Well, I've got nothing else for instrument, do you? Just to kind of look at the structure of it briefly and, and note that even though we do have this really heavy pop feel, this pop rock feel that is full on all the time, we do at that bridge, she takes her cafe noir, smokes salt, small cigars, we do have a more, we do have a note of tenderness. There's a really fun modulation mm -hmm. there with the chord structure. And it does give us a moment of breathing room in order to then dive back into the song. And that's appreciated. Yeah, it's very well constructed. Yeah. Very, very well. It's a brick house. Oh, because it's well constructed. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for coming along. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay, Omen, here we are. We are halfway through. We have a bit of a cornucopia of things to cover this week, we're going to take care of all of the correspondence that we've had that kind of filtered in. We're going to start first with Folky Phil. Folky, Folky Phil. Phil writes in. Thank you so much. Great to see you. We've got two correspondences regarding Budapest, Fantastic. which dropped a couple, couple weeks ago at this point. Folky Phil corrects us as our fans are wont to do Thank and goodness. encouraged and allowed. The song's opening lyric 
is not we had to cozy up in the old gymnasium, but rather cozy up, which is a Brit slang term for changing clothes. Oh. Usually in the theatrical costumes or bathing costumes or swimsuits. So Tull were using the gym as a dressing room. Why the gym? Because the venue didn't have a suitable changing room for them. Right. And it was the Budapest MKT Stadium, which on the 2nd of July, 86, hosted its first only and last rock show. <laughs> and it starred Jethro Tull. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That is fascinating. So this is not only a song about a hottie with a naughty body, but a historical eventy with a preventy skenty. Put a pin in the hottie part. We'll get back to that. But Phil rounds out with the date of the Tall Budapest show fits neatly with the release of the song on the Crest album in 87 and was one of only five Tall gigs in 86. Another was as special guests to Marillion at the Garden Party One Day Festival on another heat-peeling day in Milton Keynes, England. I was there! Oh! Very cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Pokeville, thank you so much. It's it's just being able to have the thoughts of your mind. It's like being able to look into one of those orbs that Sauron had and see things across the Middle Earth. You help us scry on the knowledge of Jethro Tull. Scry me a river. <laughs> I don't know. Don't, yep, nothing. Next we have, also relating to Budapest, this is from Micah Noel on the YouTube. On the YouTubes, kids. I've heard of it. Micah says, I haven't had much to add on this album because I think you guys have been nailing all of the interpretations with great finesse. This was my first introduction to Tull, and even the very generic, straightforward rock sound of Steel Monkey made me want to hear more. Mm. I immediately loved the dynamics between hard rock, acoustic guitar, and flute. This represents the beginning of the era that led to the live album, A Little Light Music, which I personally adore, which is what I thought was their best live sound and what they were supposed to sound like for a long while before I came to terms with the fact that it was just another brief period in their history. And it is such a unique sound for them. Like, it really is. They get really funky and fun with... They rewrite a lot of the stuff. That's not one that I've listened to a lot, so I... It's on Spotify. I highly recommend it. It's, it's very fun. Yeah. As far as Budapest, it was one of the most memorable moments of my first Tall show in 1998. Ian does often introduce it as, It was a hot night in Budapest. So, Omen, you are forgiven for thinking that was the title and even went so far as to admit that the whole band realized afterwards that the girl was not only uninterested in them, but probably also only 12 years old. <gasps> God, no! Take it back! Yeah. Don't tell yeah. me that! I've actually been listening to a lot of his live stuff, particularly from this, this era, and he introduces it. The ones that I've heard, he's said 15. But still. The thing I love about these backstage helpers, I stay the same age and they just keep getting younger. Oh, dear. And Micah finishes out with adding a whole other level to the creepiness of this song. I do think the subtle humor in Rejection is somewhat of a redeeming quality, though, which is a reoccurring theme throughout Ian's lyrics. I tend to enjoy this song for the music more than the lyrics, and I'm sure I've seen them play it 10 out of the 12 times I've seen them. It's a great live song, and he even adds an extended flute solo to make it even longer than the album version. 
I hear they're returning to the U.S. this year, and I'll be happy to hear it again. Thank you, Micah. And yes, in fact, they are. There's only one There's only one date released so far at Wolf Trap in Virginia, but I think they said 16 other dates. Yeah, that's really exciting. It's been obviously a while because of the Panny D since they've been over here. So really, really exciting opportunity to go and see them. Amazing perspective, Micah, on the song. Um, thank you for letting us know. <laughs> and yeah, what is there to say? It was a hot night in Budapest. Yeah. Speaking of hot nights, Omen, I believe you have a review. Coming in hot. Coming in hot, this review. We have a wonderful review from the United States of America from Marty's Mandolin via Apple Podcast. Hello, Marty and your mandolin. The title, Important Podcast. Correct. Five stars. This podcast is phenomenal. An excellent weekly analysis of a single Jethro Tull song proceeding chronologically through the band's discography. The Moms have great chemistry and a strong sense of humor, and most importantly, they really love Tull. They really love Tull. They really love Tull, and they really think about Tull. They think hard about Tull. And I... As a borderline fanatical Tull fan, feel confident saying that any other borderline fanatical Tull fan out there will not only enjoy this podcast, but likely needs it. In my experience, there aren't too many people you can talk to about batteries not included for 52 minutes, which is trouble, because I very much need to do so. <laughs> for my health, thank you, Feckless Moms, for giving us Tull Skulls. The weekly succor we require. Yes, yes, Marty, thank you for the five stars, and it is our duty to milk the tull thoughts out of your swollen tull utters. To provide you this Relief. service. <laughs> no, it's great. And and it's, you know, I it is such a... I am so thankful that I get to talk about music that I love with a person that I love Every week. That's crazy. I just feel like we're so lucky, and we're so lucky to get to share that with you and with the other listeners. So thank you so much for writing in. Couldn't have put it better. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. I hope you won't try. <laughs> I won't. I hope you won't scry. <laughs> Finally, we're going to wrap up with an email from a new writer in This is from Star Rider. Subject oh. is Talkin' Tullish. Good evening, Moms. I've been thoroughly indulging in the podcast while traveling the remote hinterlands of East Cape, New Zealand. Oh my goodness. I'm assuming I should do a New Zealand accent for this. I would love to see you do that. Although we don't necessarily know that they're a New Zealander. I know, that's the danger. But it doesn't matter. It's fine. It's fine. I give you permission. Although I'm... Oh God, it's so hard. Think of uh, Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi? Yeah, Taika Waititi. I think of um, Reese Darby. Although I'm just a wee tallywhacker when it comes to Toll fans, I've certainly enjoyed discovering the rich breadth of the Toll catalogue over the last 18... <laughs> it got really bad. That's really good. <laughs> I've certainly enjoyed discovering the rich breadth of the Toll catalogue over the last 18 months or so. Five-star review on Spotify. Great work. Keep it up. It's a shame that Mountain Men wasn't performed live. It would have been spectacular at the Montreux Jazz Festival. Anyhow, all the best. Star Rider. Thank you, Tellywacker. 
There it is. There it is. You found it. I, I found it. I lost it. it. Oh, so bad. Thank you, Star Rider. And I, I hope that we are suitable companions for your trek. Nick, what a great way to see the world. Absolutely. To hear the world through Talk Tall to me. To not either see nor hear the world. Finally, I just want to mention, it's been a while. I just want to let everybody know that we have an email address, moms at fecklessmoms.com. Feel free to write us there. There's also a lot of you have been emailing via the contact form on the Feckless Moms website, fecklessmoms.com. But also with the email, I encourage people to send audio clips. Tell me, tell me. Yes. Audibly tell me your jumpstart. Come on. Yeah. Let's hear it. And let's see pictures. Let's see. Oh, let's see your tall pictures, your tall memorabilia. We'd love to see them. We'd love to see even, you know, what you get up to while listening to Talk Tall to Me. What you're making in the oven. We actually do a lot of that in the Discord, so feel free to subscribe to our Patreon for $5 a month, and you will get access. Only $5 a month in this economy? Can you believe that? We're giving it away. Basically. You get access to the Discord and those two additional podcasts, Outtake Tall to Me and Feckless. Fecklish. Fecklish. Nick, anything else to add in this elongated break that we've had? That was a long end. No, that's it. Thank you again for everybody for writing in. I'll see you on the other side. Omen. Oh, hello there. Here we are talking about the context that is the lyrics of Motorize. Let's do that thing that you just said. Great idea. So... You know, we we kind of alluded to the fact that this song textually wouldn't be out of place on under wraps. Yeah, I I would say we did more than allude. I think it was a blatant statement. We also, (laughs) yes, I alluded to it more with the Bond theming because this the lyrics reminded me of like one of those hot car chases in in a James Bond Mm. film. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm where he sees a pretty woman driving fast on the road and he's like, I must chase her down because of my dedication to the crown. <laughs> For queen and country. Yeah, I mean, the the bulk of this song, the, the first, I don't know, like two and a half minutes or so, it's, it feels like a crossing of paths, man and woman. Man sees pretty girl in pretty car and whose car is better than his car, she outruns him. Right, right, right. He can't catch up to her. And then there's that little twisty-poo at the end. Yeah, yes. Uh, so, so yes, I would say this song happens in three sections. There is the initial event. The passing, the passing on the, the road. Well, yeah, let's say, let's say there's four sections. Okay. There's the initiation. Okay. Which leads to the next section, which is the chase. Mm-hmm. And then there is the fantasy. Okay. And then there is the conclusion, which is the twisty poo, as you said. The reality, yeah. Right. And then the yeah. fifth section is Ian just singing motorize over and over again. Which I don't hate. So what is the what is that word? That's not a real word, as far as I know. No, it's a play on motorize, you know, to give something a motor, I guess, to give it yeah. a movement to motorize. Are you excited? I'm positively motorized. No one's, I don't think anyone's ever said that. Not recently. (laughs) (laughs) But also, he, in that first verse, he says, 
and she looks round at me, reflecting neon in her motor eyes. Yeah, so I have a couple of different theories on this. Yeah. One is that it's a little bit of a reference to the headlights, hmm. the eyes of the motor car. Okay. But also, if it's her eyes, if it's her sunglasses, for instance, mm-hmm. it kind of makes an implication that this is some kind of mechanical woman, you know, like a super woman. It reminds me of... Um, I think, is it in 1984, where they refer to something that's good as being pneumatic? An attractive woman is, is pneumatic? It's, that sounds right. Maybe it's Fahrenheit 451. It's one of the dystopian ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But That sounds right. There's this marriage between the car and the lady. Yeah. That it's hard to distinguish between them. And, and in terms of how they're interacting, you know... When you drive a car very fast and you're very in tune with it, it does. There is that feeling of melding with your machine. And I think just the just being in the presence of a really powerful car and being someone who appreciates a car, you you could say you're a part of it. You're, I mean, for lack of a better term, part of the machine. You're like in in motor mode. You're in car mode. So when you're driving it, you've got, got your, your, your car yeah, eyes like or your motor eyes. Yeah, that's how I take that. And and I do think it's with the the mentioning of the reflecting neon in her motor eyes is is she, yeah she is wearing glasses. She's uh, sunglasses probably driving glasses. Yeah, or driving glasses. No one wears driving glasses. I wear driving glasses. I wear driving glasses and driving gloves. Yeah, I mean only. Only you. Only poo. That's the the first exchange, them passing. There's also the setting, humming along through a built-up ad man's dream. Humming along through a built-up ad man's dream. Uh, what a gorgeous, almost imperceptible metaphor for a cityscape. Or maybe it's not a cityscape, but it, it allows you to picture this i mean that's that's sort of almost the line that made me go to james bond territory Mm. it's like they're cruising down big sur in california or they're or they're in monaco you know they're somewhere where it's just it just could not be more fabulous yeah why can he see her eyes so clearly maybe it's a convertible maybe the weather is so nice that they've got their tops down yeah but the reflecting neon would it be reflecting if it were daytime though you know, would the neon hit her glasses if it were daytime? Yeah, it, yeah, it could be night, or it could be... I think it is night, because in our next verse, back on the street through the late theater crowds. Back on the street through the late theater crowds. Yes, okay. All right, yeah. sleuth. Got it. You got it. Got it. And the stoplights go, and we're cruising side by side. And the stop- They hit the light at the same time, and then they go, still humming loud, and she looks round again. Her motor eyes, going to tell me when, put her right foot to the floor, shows me she's no slow woman. Oh, so they're drag racing. 
they're doing that thing that you shouldn't do when you stop when you're in a cool car and you stop next to another cool car at a stoplight and you look at each other and you it's the unspoken we're going to see who has the better acceleration thing that I never do. See, I don't think he's taking part in that. I think she's just peeling out and leaving him in the dust. Because let's think about that twisty poo at the end. Like, can we spoil it? Yes. Okay. He's a cop. You're not going to drag race a cop. And a cop is not going to drag race you. <laughs> right. This is interesting. You are correct in the... We're skipping over the the dream ballet for for a moment. Yeah. We shall return. We shall return to the dream ballet always. Mm-hmm. But in the fourth stanza, now we're out of town, going to shake her down, if I can stay along. Got my blue light on, pull her in the net with my siren song. Now we're out of town, gonna shake her down, if I can stay along. Wow, God, this is, I mean, what a beautiful play on words. Yeah. So the other thing that this makes me think of, that makes me relate this thematically to Under Wraps, even though, you know, a cop is not a spy, we have this conflict between a person's desire and a person's duty. Mm-hmm. So his duty is she's going too fast. He has, to pull her, he has to pull her over and give her a ticket. Yeah. But what he wants is to seduce her with his siren song. You know, that's why I think that metaphor is there. Yeah, and people in power, so, some people find people in power attractive, and some some people in power think that they are attractive. And some people find horsepower attractive. That's correct. I just find horses attractive. And that's okay, <laughs> as long as you don't do anything about it. I've got a, I've got a centaur fetish. There's... Some wonderful costumes that can help you out. Oh, great. Actually, that... Uh, well, we'll talk later. <laughs> so let's go back to the, the dream ballet for a second. Okay. She takes her cafe noir, smokes small cigars. Little reference. Small cigar. Little throwback to small cigars. Yeah. Showing just a touch of thigh. Sigh. Sigh. Do, 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 do. <laughs> so funny. She takes her cafe noir, smokes small cigars, showing just a touch. And sips her whiskey straight and stays up late to kiss the morning bye-bye. And sips her whiskey straight, she stays up late to kiss the morning bye-bye. She's a man's woman. Yeah, and he's clearly, like, seeing her in multiple locations in this fantasy. Yes. Well, I think, yes, absolutely. I think he's imagining what she might do when she's out of the car and imagining, you know, a date. Right, yeah. You know, because presumably he can't see that she's showing a touch of thigh if she's sitting down in a vehicle that's going past. Right, yeah. Nor would he know, you know, taking coffee and drinking whiskey and then I think the implication is she stays up late for love. Because she's fiery. Because she's... And exotic. In my bed and I'm having sex with her. Oh. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. Oh, oh. I see. It's about sex. Okay. And finally, the last half of that last verse, she pulls over to the side. Her motor eyes are staring wide. She flashes her ID 
and makes a bigger fool of me. So, first, there's the reality of what does that mean. But second, let's go back to the end line of the first verse is, I know who'll be the loser, me. I know who'll be the loser, me. He sees her and he has this sense of like, whatever this situation is, I'm not going to win. Either because yeah. she's got a V12 inline engine and he knows he can't catch up with her. Or because he sees how beautiful she is and he's like, I'm going to fall in love with her and it's not going to go well. Yeah. And in fact, neither of those things are the actual result. Yeah. And it still doesn't apparently turn out well. He is still the loser. I love that Ian feels confident enough in his masculinity to write songs where he quote unquote is the loser or where he is subdominant to a powerful woman. This song has big hunting girl vibes. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's the modern-day hunting girl. I like it. She's this powerful, rich woman. He has a duty, and he ends up getting humiliated by her. So what is that and makes a bigger fool of me? What exactly is it that makes him that fool? I think that he pulled over the chief of police, or he pulled over the DA. That's what I was thinking. She flashes her badge, and he's like, oh, shit. (laughs) There's actually there's an amazing clip that I saw. I think it's actually... The body cam footage from a couple of police officers. Yeah, it, don't worry. It's not that kind. Okay, good. But they pull over an African-American woman driving a car. And she's like, so tell me, why did you pull me over? And they're like, oh, well, uh, she's like, was I going too fast? And they're like, um, no, you see uh, the window tint. And she's like, well, I know that the law says that it's this window tint is supposed to be illegal, and I know exactly what my window tint is. And then she says, do you know who I am? And they're like, ah. <laughs> and she's like the lead prosecutor of the city that their department is is located in. And she goes, she goes, I'd like to see some IDs, and she snaps her fingers twice, and it's the oh. most powerful. Like, Oh, girl. And she's not even, she's not even being like, mean about it she's just like come on boys yeah let me see your ids (laughs) and you could just see them like panicking it's beautiful i am so aroused right now (laughs) it's great yeah that's wonderful and that happened you know a couple years ago but that's what i think of when i think of this song yeah the only other option i think it is that one i like that one but but potentially the only other option is that her motorized are staring wide she flashes her ID and makes a bigger fool of me because she pulls the I'm crying card or I'm really sorry or whatever, and she gets away with it. I see that that is an interpretation, but I think that the fact that it's she flashes her ID. Yeah, it, I know. It, the lyric focuses on the ID. Yeah. That alone is is enough to, to be the important piece of it, uh, information there. And this is an era when women were entering into more positions of power Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. in a more public way. You had Margaret Thatcher. You had the power suit. You had the linebacker shoulders built into women's women's jackets. Oh, my God, yeah. You remember those? Yeah, my mom had one of those. My mom had 
two of those because she had two arms. Oh, shoulders? We're talking about just shoulders? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But there was a new archetype that was hitting the public consciousness, which was the powerful businesswoman or the the, the woman in leadership. You know, mm-hmm. there had been women in positions of power before, of course, but it was now entering the public consciousness as more of a, oh, yeah, women women can, can actually do these things instead of it being some really weird anomaly or, oh, yes, we have to... We have to let the woman do the thing. Yeah, out of obligation or being lawfully forced to. And not that many genera—I mean, not that many decades previous, the concept of a female doctor was like completely foreign, or a yeah. female lawyer, you know. But now in the '80s, that that does start to shift, and uh, and and I've said what I said. I think we can even go into politicians i think a lot of female politicians started coming like you said with margaret thatcher but i'm thinking in the states as well i mean think think of of all the old guard female democrats they i mean they've been around since at least the 80s wasn't the first female presidential run in the 80s oh that's the first woman who run ran for president right was that against reagan i don't know if you were making the film version of this song Mm-hmm. Who would you cast as Motorize? Oh, goodness. Someone provocative and confident. Mm. I'm, I'm already booked. Oh, shoot. Okay. Got, um, got a non-compete clause. <laughs> I'm trying to think of someone like less mainstream. Do you have someone in mind? I was thinking Grace Jones, but I just I constantly think of Grace Jones. I don't know who Grace Jones is. She... I'm Googling her. Google her, please. She could do it. She was a fashion icon, actor, just kind of one-of-a-kind human being. Yeah, she'd fit in there. Yeah. That poise. Exactly. Exactly. She's sculptural. Nick, anything else to say about motorize? I don't have anything. Do you? The cop who gets off on shame. Is that the subtitle? Yeah, that's the academic paper. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a humiliation kink. Yeah. Why'd you become a cop? To fulfill my humiliation kink. Oh, nice. Okay. Right. You'll fit right in. Until next week, while you are humming along through the built-up ad man's dream of Apple Podcasts and or Spotify, why don't you leave us a five-star review that will be reflected in our motor eyes. If you want to show just a touch of thigh, sigh, you can get an extra-large Talk Told Me branded t-shirt and cut it up the side and wear no pants. Until you do that, I'm streaking past in a cloud of spray, Nick McGill. I'm a bigger fool than me, Omen Thomas said. We know who'll be the losers, the feckless momes. And we take our podcasts noir. This is Talk Tall to Me.
Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, officer. Is there a problem? Excuse me, ma'am. Do you know why I pulled you over? Well, I don't rightly know, officer. I was just going down the road to bring my granny some of these extra special cookies. Do you know how fast you were going, ma'am? Well, that would require doing mathematics. And as you can see, officer, I don't have a brain in my body. Ma'am, you were going 40 miles above the speed limit. Oh, my word. That is a ticketing offense. Now, tell me, officer, what, what is a speed limit? Ma'am, may I see your license and registration, please? Well, sure. Here's my rifle license, and here's my fishing license, here's my deer hunting license, and here's my builder's license from when I was a stonemason, and here's my license to tear out the throats of animals with my teeth. Ma'am, do you have a license for this vehicle? Well, sure. It's up at my daddy's castle. Now, Officer, surely if I've been in any kind of trouble, perhaps we could make some kind of arrangement between us. Maybe you need help with that mustache of yours. Ma'am, you and I both know that this is a perfectly pristine mustache. It is right now. Are you offering a bribe, ma'am? Well, I was just thinking that as a police officer, you must have an awful lot of stress in your life. And uh, maybe I could do something to relieve that stress. I'm a married man, ma'am. Please step out of the car. Oh, oh. well, I hope you don't search my trunk. Ma'am, open your trunk. Oh, oh no. Here it is. As you can see, there's only things way in the back. Ma'am, correct me if I'm wrong, but is is that a is that a podcast back there? Oh, I'm not sure. Le- why don't you lean in real far and take a look at it? Oh dear God, you you know talk told to me is illegal. That's the last time you ever pull me over. I'm taking your body straight to Lake Tikikaka. No one'll ever know that talk told to me is a proud member of the Feckless Moms Audio Network. Uh, nine or one five. I see that you stopped. Uh, do you have a scene to report there? Uh, over. Uh, come in nine or one five.